Hi, I'm Jake Parker, and this is my podcast, Beyond Fit. My goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics. You can find me most active on Instagram at jakeparker.fit if you want to connect or just see what I'm up to. Hi guys, this is Jake Parker back on the Beyond Fit podcast today doing something I haven't done in a while, which is a book review podcast. So the book that I most recently finished was, and you've probably seen me posting some quotes on Instagram, if you follow me and check out my story. And that book is The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And so first of all, I just want to say that the reason that it's been a while since I've posted a book review, I do intend to do this with most books that I feel like are relevant for people to take away some lessons from. Um, But this book was about 700 pages. So it was a beast of a book. So it really took me a long time to get it finished. But it was rewarding. I learned a lot. And I felt like I changed and tweaked quite a few ideas that I had in my head. So I thought that it was very useful. And as you may know, I've talked about Robert Greene before as being one of my favorite authors, as I have not only, I guess I've only read one of his other books, which is Mastery, which is also a really good book that I'd recommend. Um, But I also feel like I have a pretty good understanding of him from hearing him on some interviews and stuff like that. So he's someone that I really admire. He actually is the mentor of Ryan Holiday, another favorite author of mine. And I have heard Robert make just so many interesting points and tie things together and stuff like that. Like I said, in interviews, I specifically like the Joe Rogan interview interview he did. I have also heard him on the Daily Stoic, which is Ryan Holiday's podcast. And he's always just so prophetic and wise. And he also espouses Stoic teachings much along the lines of Ryan. And so I've always been really interested in him enjoyed this book. It did seem a little bit unnecessarily long. I felt like it could have been succinct in about, I don't know, 400 pages. But anyway, it was enjoyable. Um, I'll go through here and in this first part, talk about some overarching stuff. Then in the second part, go into some of the specific laws and some lessons from them. And excuse me if you hear some rustling of pages, because I did take hand-held paper pen notes on this book, which is something I could talk more about at another time, but that was helpful in concreting, I guess if that's a word, my knowledge of the book. Um, So I'll go through some of these notes that I have and then end with a few of the other underlying points that I didn't get to in the specifics of some of the laws. So uh, like I first said, my, my first note here is that this book was really long. So buyer beware if you do take this book on, it is going to take you a while. But um, some other just really high arching things about the book, it includes a lot of historical anecdotes, which is a really interesting thing that Robert does with his writing. He has talked about the fact that he speaks historically and speaks in anecdotes, stories. For example, just a couple things off the top of my head, he talks uh, at length and a few different times about the way that con artists have worked in the game of power. And because they're so effective at the thing that they do, 
which is illegal. And so they have to tiptoe even more. They have really mastered a lot of these laws. And then he talks a lot about uh, generals and war strategy as well in the laws of power, which is obviously a place where power is, is key. And not surprisingly, Robert has another book called The Strategies of War. I believe it's The 33 Strategies of War, um, where he speaks about this further. I have not read it. I have it on my gigantic list of books to read. And so hopefully we get to that one day. But it's really interesting how he keeps you engaged with these stories instead of just preaching these lessons and telling you what to believe and what to think. He explains them through story and that helps them be a lot more concrete. To me, this book was eye-opening in the way that it was upfront about the really malicious nature of people. He's definitely not afraid to go into some of the dark parts of people. He's not afraid to really explain how things are in reality. And sometimes it's kind of harsh. And I felt a lot of cognitive dissonance at different points. And you're saying like, really, are, are people, are people really this nefarious at times? And does it really come down to some of these laws? Like number seven is get others to do the work for you, but always take the credit Eight is make people come to you using bait if necessary. And I don't know that I would put into practice all of these laws first and foremost immediately in my life. It would take a lot of reflection. And I tend to be someone who errs more on the side of wanting to always be altruistic. And that's kind of a different argument, whether that's good or bad. But uh, one of the things I really do remember about the book and about, I think I actually did hear this in in an interview that that Robert did is he talked about the fact that rappers really enjoyed his book because some of the executives in the rap game at records and stuff like that were using a lot of these laws of power on these rappers, specifically 50 Cent. He is a friends with 50 Cent. Robert is. He actually wrote a book with him, which is another really interesting thing about him. Um, but he said that these rappers with no formal education, many of them who dropped out of high school and stuff, they were completely unaware of these laws of power. And this book really helped them to deal with executives and people in the industry who were trying to take advantage of them monetarily and otherwise. Um, so it was really, really interesting to reflect on that. And I think the other big time realization that I had is just how important other people are. Uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about as far as specific lessons uh, will kind of make that more concrete. But everything in life is just based on other people, their emotions, our relationships with them. It's kind of like you always hear and something I've, I've tried to espouse just the fact that we are who we spend the most time with. And specifically, we, people will say, or there's a saying that we're the people, the five people we spend the most time with. We're accumulation of those five people. So I think it's never bad to think about and explore your circle. Are you being intentional? Do you like the people that you're around? Are they inspiring you? Because that's really what it comes down to in the end when we think about our personal growth and just the accumulation of our enjoyment and satisfaction and um, advancing in life. So here we go into some of the specific laws here. Um, What I'm going to do is say, I think there's 10 lessons here that I got from these different laws. And it's a good number, wasn't necessarily on purpose. But there's 10 lessons that I thought were really overarching. And then each lesson, I noted down the law that might be specific to that. So the first one is kind of like I touched on, isolation is bad. And so he talks a lot about the fact that you have to feed off others because we are, of course, built 
to be a part of a group, be a part of a tribe, lead others, learn from others. And so he talks a lot about how, um, how bad isolation can be for people. And specifically law number 18 is do not build fortresses to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. So he touches on like the king in the ivory castle who loses touch with reality. The second lesson is exercise temperance. And temperance is one of the big stoic values that I try to think about putting into practice in my own life. So just not being too overwhelmed by greed or any sort of want or bodacious action. The laws that resonated here, law number 40 is despise the free lunch. So anything that's quick and easy and free, be careful because it's probably there's some sort of a trap or some sort of an, um, an underlying thing that makes that not the case where it's not actually free and easy as it looks. Uh, law number 41 is avoid stepping into a great man's shoes. So that is just a place to be careful of, oh, you know, you go and fill in for this person. I'm going to be the same. I'm going to be looked at the same. Well, not necessarily because people are going to have this, um, this vision of what this person was like before. And it's going to be hard to be who they were dealing with the sort of repercussions of a great leader. Um, I put here, don't rest on your laurels is another thing about once you get into a position, if you can accelerate yourself to a high arching area, you always want to be careful to keep growing and keep refining your skills and your mindset and all that kind of stuff. Law 45 is preach the need for change, but never reform too much at once. So practicing temperance in the way that you change culture, society, whatever it is that you're invested in divulged in. The next one is be malleable and adaptive. So Robert talks a lot about the ability to change and the ability to recreate yourself. Law number 25 here is recreate yourself. So easy enough there. He talks about the fact that Abe Lincoln kind of recreated himself for his presidential run in which he wanted to resonate more with the people. So he cultivated the image of the homespun president, the good old boy, the, the top hat, the beard, the whole thing. And then the other one is actually the last law, which is law 48. And law 48 is assume formlessness. So always being able to change and adjust for a situation and not getting too caught up in your patterns of behavior. The next one, keep a low profile. The laws that resonate with this are law number one, never outshine the master. Law number four, always say less than is necessary. For doing this, you will not be misinterpreted. And another thing that Robert talks about is the fact that when you're silent, others tend to fill the silence and they're gonna fill that silence with valuable information that can benefit you. And then the third law that I wanted to touch on here for keeping a low profile is make your accomplishments seem effortless. And that's law number 30. So never let people see you sweat. The next one here, this has the most laws by far. And this one is play to others' interests. And in parentheses here, I put be vulnerable. So kind of in line with the last law, you want to benefit other people and you want to do that in a way that does not make them see, seem overly obligated as well. So I think there's close to 10 laws here. I put number seven, get others to do the work for you, but always take the credit, like I mentioned already. Number eight, 
Make other people come to you. Use bait if necessary. Number 11, learn to keep people dependent on you. And the more you're relied on, the more freedom you have. One option is to possess a specific talent that can't be replaced. There's law number 13 and 14, which are 13 is when asking for help, appeal to people's self-interest, never to their mercy or gratitude. Kind of like I mentioned, you don't want people to feel obliged to you because as Robert talks about, that's not a positive thing overall, having someone owe you one. Law number 14, pose as a friend and work as a spy. You want to probe and suppress your own personality to learn the things that you need to learn in the game of power. Law number 19, know who you're dealing with. Do not offend the wrong person. So he talks about how dangerous it is to probe at people and poke at people with your words and actions that are dangerous and that are, in addition to being dangerous, uh, self-centered and self-conscious, that's especially dangerous. Law number 24, play the perfect courtier. So learn to court others, play your role, be able to sort of disappear in the crowd when necessary. And then a few back to back here, law 31 is control the options, get others to play with the cards you deal. And specifically Robert talks about making them feel like they made this choice, not that you made it for them. Law 32, play to people's fantasies. Um, sometimes pragmatism can be the enemy if the solution to a problem is extremely unattractive. And then law 33 is discover each man's thumbscrew. In this law, Robert talks about how people are often like helpless children, or there's some part of the helpless child still in people that has not grown and matured, and they still have this need and these vulnerabilities that you can look for and strategically use. Law number 38 is think as you like, but behave like others. So again, speaking about boldness, you don't want to be too bold. And that's something we're going to talk about with the next point. And then the last law I had here was disarm and infuriate with the mirror effect. So the mirror effect is either physically or psychologically mirroring someone's actions for the purpose of teaching them a lesson or getting them to stand down, let their guard down because they're comfortable. So the next point I had here was think and act boldly, but never be too bodacious about it. I wrote here about the magic of thinking big, a book that I reviewed on the podcast before where he, David Schwartz, the author talks about the power of just thinking very big and boldly and brashly. And the more that you do that, the more that you can manifest the things that you talk about and think about, and you can really bring this otherworldly person almost to life and manifest anything you want. But at the same time, as I've touched on a few times already, Robert is very careful to heed the warning, not to brag, not to think you're better than anyone else. And like I said, exercise temperance. So law 28 says interaction with boldness. Pretty obvious there, I suppose. Law 34 is be royal in your own fashion. Act like a king to be treated like one. And this was a really fun example here about Columbus going to the Queen Isabella of Spain and asking for a vast, almost unbelievable sum of money to go on his exploration. And he got that just because she, basically the lesson here was whatever you ask for, if you're confident about it, and if you believe in yourself, even if it is crazy and probably even too crazy for your venture, 
or whatever it is that you are asking for is beyond your seniority level or whatever, you can manifest the fact that this is what I'm worth, this is what I deserve, give this to me and bring that to light. And then laws 42 and 46 sequentially are strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And then 46 is never appear too perfect. And that's in line with that temperance, with that not going overboard. Um, I'm going to talk about four more points here and I'll kind of tie them all together because I know this is getting longer than most of the Saturday podcast you're used to. So we have be aware of emotions, but not be ruled by them. I've spoken about emotions a little bit already. The laws that resonate here are law number nine, win through your actions, never through argument. Law 39, stir up waters to catch fish, uh, which is to say that when you get others worked up and emotional, they're going to show you things that they wish they wouldn't and they're going to be advantageous to you. And so being stoic and having a mastery of your emotions is going to be beneficial. And law number 43 is work on the hearts and minds of others. The next point, I'll tie these together. Be singularly focused and irreplaceable and work with intensity over extensity. So law number five is so much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Law number 23 is concentrate your forces. So he talks a lot about warriors in battle and generals and big armies coming to die, go by the wayside, whatever, because they are too big that they can't be controlled. And then the last point I wanted to touch on here, have a plan and stick to it all the way through. So here, the laws that are relevant are law 29. Law 29 is plan all the way to the end. Law number 35, master the art of timing. And law 47, do not go past the mark you aimed for. In victory, learn when to stop. So just to tie everything together here, I think that much of this stuff is subconscious and that's something that Robert is very clear about from the beginning. So I think that's a especially relevant point. He talks multiple times about the fact that the visual and the actions that you portray are much more important and much more tangible to people, especially in changing their mind uh, than the spoken word. The spoken word often has not near the effect you would hope it would. And so basically don't argue, but prove your point through action. He talks about necessity being the biggest motivator for people. So having deadlines, having other ways to espouse necessity in whatever pursuit you're going after. And then the last two takeaways are that people are just selfish. And whether we want to realize it or not, I have seen in my own life a lot of ways that that's true. And I feel that about myself in a lot of ways, even though I would like to lie and say that I don't. I try to think about being selfish a lot of times in the form of altruism, where I have to be my best self and work on myself and improve myself in order to better serve others. But you have to realize that unless you're you know, doing the spiritual and emotional work and having some sort of relationship that reminds you of your connectedness to the earth, you can be carried away by this feeling of selfishness and self-motivation and desire and things like that. And then the last one, Robert talks about needing an opponent. And this one I was kind of confused about at first because again, as such a pretty calm and mild-mannered person, I was like, an opponent? Do I, do I really need an opponent? That seems odd, that seems distasteful. But I think the way that I look at it a lot 
is almost creating an opponent that's not there to spur yourself. So almost like you're competing against someone when you're working out or that there is people that don't want you to succeed. And so you really have to grind harder. Um, but if there is someone out there that you do see as your opponent, maybe you're in sports or in business or something like that, that can spur you all the more towards gaining power and gaining success in your life. So that's all I got today, guys. I hope you enjoyed that book review. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Hey guys, it's Jake again. I'd like to ask you if you enjoy the podcast to take a quick second and subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps me out. And in addition, it'd be great if you would screenshot and share to your story. I'd love to reshare and have a conversation about what you thought about the podcast. Thank you.